It's time for a conversation with Bob and Sherry. Hi, Hi Bob. Hey, I want to tell you, um, last time I talked about I'm almost 18,000 days into being a woman. And thanks to you, I did get something with my name on it. So just... what's your goal do you have like another like goal of how many days you want to hit Twenty five thousand. is that a benchmark i don't know i mean let's see what this whole being a woman thing gonna go okay (laughs) i think i we as a woman we feel a little threatened at this point (laughs) so hey let's talk about the things you want to talk about we it's a couple serious topic we want to discuss I had a conversation with my daughter. My daughter's an adult. She has four children. She Uh works part-time. She's conservative. However, she's sort of disillusioned with the whole political thing, the division and the arguing. And But she's into social media. She told me some things she had heard on TikTok, of all places, Uh about the laws in Florida around the transgender children. And I was literally shocked at what she heard. I think she generally thought they were true. She was telling me about it, I think, from a place of concern. So I was glad we had the conversation because it gave me a chance to look into these things. I had no idea some of the crazy things that are being said, and people just believe it. The claim is that basic, there's different derivations of it, but it's saying that the transgender child law in Florida is giving Florida the ability to kidnap parents' children from them if those parents say, hey, my child's transgender or they want them to seek care, they're affirming it then Florida can take their child away. She even went so far as to say that they can reach out of state where there's a custody issue, you know, the, the, the parents are divorced or whatever, and there's a custody issue where they could literally take custody away from the parent with custody. So basically override the home state's law and mm-hmm. take the child away. Um, None of this is true. It's all a complete mischaracterization of the law. Oddly enough, I'm always, I've always been a, a skeptic or critic of fact-checking. PolitiFact did a fact-check on this and favored the Florida side. They said none of these things are true. Mm-hmm. And I find this fact-check to be pretty, pretty uh, reliable. Because I checked what they were saying. I actually downloaded the law and things like that. The beginning of all this, they can kidnap your child, is from a thing called the Uniform Child Custody Jurisdiction and Enforcement Act. There was some form of this in place since 1968. It was updated in 1997. So there's a group, a legal group, that puts this sort of law recommendation thing together they've put it out there and 49 of the 50 states have adopted it massachusetts is the only one so what they've done is they've taken what this group has said and they put it into law the the purpose of it is to handle interstate child custody issues and to protect children the united states is unique in that individual states are very much like countries would be in europe They have a lot of latitude. They have a lot of power. State laws vary dramatically. Something can be illegal in one state, legal in another. Part of the Constitution is to 
oversee the interstate commerce because Pennsylvania has literally no authority over what happens in New York and West Virginia and and other states. Um, So part of this act was done to protect children. So, for example, if a couple lived in New York and they split up and New York courts assigned custody to the mother. Mm -hmm. Well, under this law, this that would be New York would be called the home state, and other states would recognize what and respect what New York does. But let's say the mother left New York and went to Florida and put the child at risk for some reason. Let's say she's abusing the child or doing something horrible or things like that. Then what this act does, all states, the state can then intervene temporarily take emergency custody of the child and the, but then they have to refer back to the home state in this case let's say it's from new, new york's the home state they go to florida florida cannot make a custody decision all that this law allows them to do is intervene to protect the child and hold temporary custody while they contact new york and work with the new york courts and say here here's what's going on here's what we found what do you want to do? Now, I don't know if there's an extradition process or anything like that, but it's just a temporary custody to protect a child in cases of danger. And in Florida, they've added, because they've said that, you know, transgender care for anyone under 18 is, is going to be illegal, they added this to the list of harms that are a child. It doesn't give Florida automatic oh, wow, you just said your child's transgender. We're taking them away. No, they. it's just one other factor that could be brought before the courts to make a case that this child is you know, being put in danger. None of these things are automatic. You, you, so in the case of the mother taking the child to Florida from New York, usually it would take the father to contact Florida and say, my wife's in Florida She's she's kidnapped our child. She's doing this, you know, putting a child at harm. So then the Florida authorities would be allowed to investigate and determine if they what action. It's a process. It's a process to make sure the child is in good hands and look out for their welfare. That's correct. Yeah. So that that makes a lot of sense to me. I mean, if you think about this, um, Coles just came up with the three months onesie for trans babies. I'm not sure how many three months old identify themselves as non-binary or have. I have to ask, Jerry. I didn't see this. Are you sure this is true? Yeah, it's on Yeah, it is true. Um, Three month old. It's a transgender onesie, or is it a unisex onesie? No, it's a onesie, but has like a transgender, you know, rainbow and with a little. Oh, um, okay. I'll I'll send you the image. Okay, so Uh, like a pride themed. Right. Okay. Onesie. And then, um, you know, then we have the Target selling tuck-in swimming suit, and that's marketed to children. I have to be honest with you. When this whole tuck-in swimming suit, I first heard of it, I thought it was for adults. An Uh adult trans woman or self-identify as a woman has a swimming suit with the tuck-in option. I did not realize it's for children. When I found out it was for children, that's when I said, okay, that's... That's when the buck stops, right? It's like, this is absolutely ridiculous. Mm -hmm. Um, So, 
I just want to mention, so you said these information are being spread around on TikTok. And keep in mind, TikTok is a Chinese app mm-hmm. that is highly controlled by the Chinese government, regardless what the CEO says. Um, the whole premise, I believe, is here to divide Americans. So I would advise anything you hear on TikTok, don't listen to it. Do right. some research on your own. In this case, you did the research for your daughter and get this clarified. Now, here's a interesting... Well, just to be clear, this could be done on any platform. It could be on Twitter. It could be it anywhere. Could be. I mean, you know, we saw where they were mischaracterizing the Florida law related to black history. And that was on The View. So, Oh, The View. Right. Or, yeah. <laughs> or wait, it was CNN. I'm sorry. It was CNN where the woman was saying that, you know, Ron DeSantis racism, he's blocking the teaching. And that wasn't what was happening. So wow. it, it, it's really a left wing, you know, and of course, Democrats are going to use this because it motivates people. My conservative daughter was outraged. Well, this isn't good. This is wrong. Right. And I, well, it's not true. <laughs> no. Now, here's here's a, another thing I just want to point that out. It's also on TikTok, but it's to gear towards the right, gear towards to anger the people on the right. Okay. Mm-hmm. This is a thing it says there are pe- schools are putting litter boxes in bathrooms. Oh, yeah. To accommodate kids that self identify as a cat. Well, one of my employees told me told this to me and then said to a few other people and she said, Well, this is happening locally in the Riverview School District, which that's Oakmont and Verona. So I'm like, this just sounds really far fetched, right? How big of a litter box are you gonna put in the bathroom to accommodate? I mean, how are people gonna use this? Well, the easiest thing for me to do is call a school board member which I know, I say, hey, I just wanted to check in with you. Is this true? She's like, no, absolutely it's not true. We're not putting litter boxes in schools. So it was a matter of phone call just to kind of clarify right. that. And I see that um, is uh, the political fight says schools are not putting litter boxes in bathroom to accommodate children. Even months of unfounded rumor have claimed and those school districts have issued a statement debunking the story multiple times. Some social media posts are still spreading the erroneous information. Now, and is this that was on TikTok? Is that the uh, like a left winger doing it to bait right wingers and to discredit I have no them? idea, but people because right? just... I've seen it both ways. I mean, there's people out there; they have an outrage, and so they're going to share every piece of whatever trying to generate outrage from other people and if it's false or if it's out of context or anything i mean it discredits the people who share that view i mean it says well oh oh look they're so you can't trust anything they say they're trying to tell you that they have cat litter boxes in school for the kids it's not true they're crazy people Well, either way, but it's a matter of phone call to just verify that information with the local school district. Well, although I have heard and verified that during the furry convention in town, apparently Pittsburgh has the largest furry convention. Yeah, it's the furry convention, I think. And the the people who work at the hotel have told me 
that these adults are bringing litter boxes in their room to do whatever they have to do when they do dress like a cat or animal, whatever. Now that is, but that's in the, in their own private suites. Yeah, whatever. And, um, <laughs> and then I think the hotels are charging extra money for this because really? they clean up the litter boxes. Um, let, let me read a couple of things from the PolitiFact article just to wrap this up. Okay. So here is a statement by Brandon Wolf, who's press secretary at Equality Florida, a civil rights organization advocating for LGBTQ plus Floridians. So this is mm -hmm. a, you know, LGBTQ uh, advocacy group. The bill as written does not give the state of Florida unilateral power for the state to intervene and take someone's child into state custody. So period. He just says it's not true. Here's another statement from uh, Simone Chris, a lawyer and director of the Transgender Rights Initiative at the Southern Legal Council. And this uh, Simone Chris's law firm is actually suing Florida right now for other what they call anti-LGBT legislation. Mm -hmm. Simone said it doesn't alter Florida statutes regarding child welfare and the foster care system. Um, and then down here. Because the bill amends only the Uniform Child Custody Jurisdiction and Enforcement Act, that was the universal thing I was just talking about, this clause applies only when questions of state jurisdiction or interstate cooperation are at play. So she's saying that this doesn't have anything to do with people who are residents of Florida. So, you know, even the LGBTQ advocates are saying that this mischaracterization is false. I just want to do a quick correction. I think now is LGBTQIA. What's IA? No idea. Okay. I'm good with LGBT. <laughs> you know, I'm just going to stick with that. Yeah, pretty soon we have all the alphabets. <laughs> I, only, I only threw the uh, other ones in there because that's what was written in that piece I was reading. Gotcha. It's LGBTQ+, plus, but I've heard LGBTQIA now. So I have to figure out what IA means. Um, you know what? Talk about this children thing. I discovered something that really kind of creeped me out and bothered me. This is actually in existence. Um, there is a camp called the White Thorn Lodge. Okay? Apparently, it's a family nudist camp. If you go on their website, it's this woman sitting at the pool, butt naked, with two of her children sit on either side of her, they're clearly, I don't even think they're 10 years old. And the far away, there was two old couple, an old man and an old woman, swimming and looking at these naked people. Now, how is the family and nudist camp even legal? In This is in Pennsylvania. Everybody goes there and they get nude with minors walking among adults nude. What happened to activists? What happened to people who say we're here to protect children? Are they hugging people? I mean, uh, why are they exposing little kids 
to a hairy ass. Bare naked. <laughs> I mean, what is this? This is absolutely ridiculous and it creeps me out. The fact that this is exists. And, you know, how are you verifying if the adult that goes to this camp with the children are actually their kids? I can see potential human trafficking. And what happens at night when the lights are out? Who's monitoring? What are these people doing with these kids? All the touchings and everything. And the more I think about it, too, the people I knew, I found out that go there. This this is information from a friend of mine. And she found out this because she found out these people are going there. The people going there, I know for a fact, they're liberal. They are pro-mass mandate. They're pro-vaccine mandate. And, but they say they go to a nudist camp because it feels free. Okay? So you, it's okay for you to walk around the place naked and sitting by the pool and swimming in the pool with naked people. But then at the same time, you were worried about me wearing a mask? I mean, there's just all kinds of wrong with this. So I urge our audience to look into this place. And I put a picture of this place on our website. I would personally write a letter to a legislator to say, hey, let's look into this. Because personally, I'm being creeped out personally. But at the same time, I feel like is forcing these children who are innocent to be exposed in an environment they really shouldn't be. I mean, what happens as they grow up? I mean, how much therapy do you have to get to kind of get a comprehension? I mean, I think if I, I need a therapy just to digest this. But it really creeped me out. Well, <clears throat> um, yeah, I sort of defer I wanted to show the website to my wife and get her impression without saying anything. And I, I expected it to be um, at least, as what you said, probably a little more extreme. Like, that's gross. That's what's wrong with these people, that sort of thing. But personally, I looked at it. It bothers me. I think it's wrong. I, I would never, uh, you know, go to somewhere like that or you know, think that it's right. But I don't know that we should have a law against it. I mean, it's a private, you know, they're on there. I, I, think I can't defend these people. Okay, so I don't want to defend them. But when you start talking about laws, I mean, I could say, you know, around our family, you get showers and things, you know, I mean, kids see the adults nude and vice versa. You know, we're not living that way, but, you know, it, it happens. So now they do get to a certain age where, you know, that, you know, no, you don't see each other naked kind of thing. It's probably close to that with my oldest grandson. And so I, you know, I don't know. I, I guess I, I wouldn't necessarily consider the or jump to the worst conclusion. I would I'd actually like to hear some of those people talk about what they're doing and why they think that's okay and why they think that's something they want their kids to be a part of and you know but i yeah i mean i would i would suspect if you're looking for child sex predating and th predatoring and things that might be kind of a place you'd want to look at 
Well, here, here, here's the thing. You cannot get, you cannot vote till you're 18. You can't buy cigarette till you're 18. You cannot drink till you're 21. But then right. our society is allowing kids to trans, transfer their gender as, as young as now. Like we have three months old babies. We have gay dogs. And exposing them to an environment, it's, it's different if you, you know, my five-year-old used to want to jump in the shower with my husband for a period, that just him, it w that's with his father, but I'm never going to expose my child to right. other strange men. I'm not going to have the neighbors men. over and let's all get no. naked in front of the kids. No. No. <laughs> well, I mean, no. I'm not saying that making the whole nudist camp illegal. Hey, if you're 18 and plus, you're into this kind of thing, have at it. But exposing your kids to this kind of stuff, I think we got to put some kind of limit here. I mean, seriously. Well, I just think I just it just creeps me out. And when I let found me, let me throw up a little consistency test. So uh, we had the FBI, you know, domestic terrorist unit monitoring and investigating parents who were yelling at school board meetings. Yeah. They're, okay, so they were treated like terrorists, terrorists, a threat. So I would venture to say there are some people on the other side, a lot of people on the other side of that issue that said, well, hey, they were acting crazy and it didn't make, you know, dangerous. So, yeah, I think that's justified. And the same with the guy who was arrested for the, the pro-life protester who pushed another gentleman and said, you know, get out of my kid's face. The local court threw it out, said there was no assault there. They didn't violate any law. But then the feds come in and arrest the guy. So there are some people out there that would say that would, that's fine. That's like domestic terrorism. Well, would you also be okay with the FBI saying, well, who are these people that are taking children to a nudist camp? Maybe we should look at that a little bit. Maybe, you know, maybe we should surveil them like they were surveilling parents outside the school, you know, without their knowledge. Maybe maybe they should kind of just follow these other parents around just to make sure they're not doing anything, you know. Yeah, I think they should. illegal. I think they so, should do some background check, first of all, to make sure these kids are theirs to begin with. Do they double check to see if you have sex offenders coming to these camps? I mean, what is a background check process to allow people into this camp? If you are a sex offender, you're a human trafficker, this is the, like a perfect place to be. So, exactly. They're... The parents are angry at the school board because their children's education and they were mad because the kids are being groomed to read these transgender books and this, you know, being taught CRT. Okay. Those parents are being, and I believe those parents have every reason to be mad. Maybe they're yelling, maybe they're screaming a little bit, but still they're looking out for the welfare of their children. Bringing your minor kids to a nudist camp, not even teenagers. I mean, I, I would say if you're 15 and 16, okay. I mean, I don't even think that's okay. But bringing I kind of think it's worse. <laughs> yeah, bringing a kid to five, six years old to a nudist camp, family nudist camp, I just think is so creepy. Yes, 
people should look into it. They should be investigated because this is absolutely creepy. And they they should say, have the camp, just keep the kids out. Now, you know, I don't know about this, you know, Freudian psychological effect on young kids seeing their parents naked, but it's practically unavoidable. You know, I mean, your family, you know, it would be like a husband and wife saying, we're not going to see each other naked. It, it's almost impossible to do that. But certainly it, the older the kids get, I mean, because little kids, I mean, and this is one of the problems we have with the transgender or the gender ideology teaching in young schools. Like in Florida, they banned it from kindergarten to third grade. Young kids shouldn't be sexualized. I mean, they're, no, they're not having not. these thoughts. And, no. You know, my my youngest grandson just turned four and I asked my daughter. So, you know, what's really the difference between he's a boy? What's the difference between him, a boy, four year old and a girl, four year old? Not a whole lot, to be honest with you. you know, Mentally, psychologically, yeah. psychologically, so, there's not. So, yeah, they're not. They're not. You know, now I believe one of the problems we're having is our culture, because pornography is so easily readily available in every home through the internet, that kids are seeing things at a much, much younger age. And I think that's one of the arguments that, like, the World Health Organization has when they set standards for, you know, sex education in children. They're seeing it, but also the, the significant rise in exploitation of children around the world. Mm -hmm. So... You know, I mean, I think there's a, 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 but personally, I think that that should be done with the engagement of the parents and say, look, here's what's happening in our world. Here's the kinds of things that, you know, whether you have this stuff in your home or not, very likely your child's going to see it at a, on a friend's phone or a friend's home or something like that. So parents should be aware that their kids are seeing things like graphic things at a very young age. Well, yeah, I'm, like I know my son's seeing it, looking at it. He's, you know, he's a preteen. He's going to yeah. be 13 this year. He's very much a boy, but we have an open discussion, but at the same time... But my point, he, though, I'm sorry, is, you know, you hit teenagers, you're already kind of having a sexual right. thing going on, thoughts, body, all that. So, yeah, things change as they get older. I, th I would think it's it's less of an issue with the younger kids, unless, of course, obviously, if you're around a pervert, I mean... You got to ask, I, I mean, you, you got to wonder, even if parents think, oh, we're into this, it feels free, and it's just a lifestyle, this and that. I mean, if if how many of these people that are there like it are there because they can look at children or because they're children? Exactly, there? exactly. Even if there's only one. <laughs> it it just, I it's mean. It's too many. It, yes. I think that just breeds um, predators. Um, you know, and what happened when the lights out at night? I mean, it it just it, the whole thing just not sit right with me. It the fact that I this even exists, it grosses me out. Um, you know, yeah, my son. You know, I know what my son's looking at. I see all his social media posts and the conversation he has with his guy friends. But at the same time, he also understands whatever happens, it's a private thing, right? You you do things in the privacy of your own home and not going around, walking, being... I mean, what if 
you, you people get arrested for walking around a park and exposing their body to people. What do you call those people? Oh, that, yeah. I was thinking about that. Flashers. The flashers. <laughs> the flasher could get arrested. We have sexual harassment things. And why is this okay? Like right. I said. And, and, and are those children old enough to consent to that? They're not, right? No. If you if your parents bring, uh, if you look at the website, those two kids sitting at the pool, you know, just are back shown. And, and what kills me, too, is child pornor pornography is not allowed. That's an illegal thing to do, child pornography. Right. How many people are taking pictures at these nudist camps, even keeping on their own phone? Is that well, there you go. Is there child, I mean, child pornography? I would, I, I, you know, if that were my business, I think that I would have an 18, you know, not that I would ever have a business like that, but I would just say 18 and up. I mean, get a exactly. babysitter, you know, get a babysitter. <laughs> 18 and up. Yeah. I mean, what's wrong with 18 and up? Well, I'm sure they'll be busy. I mean, how many people would not go to a nudist camp and they're uncomfortable with the fact there's children there? I think you'll have a better business if you keep it at 18 and up. Well, one of the, one of the, um, local newspaper articles I read said that that place is a popular destination for nude tourism. Oh, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> that is very scary. Does, does that mean that it's one of the, you know, why, why that place? If they're exactly. all over the country, is that, you know, how many of them allow kids? Is that part? I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, that is scary. So I would really, I'm going to write a letter and I want, I want every, I want this to, I don't know how many people even know this exists. So I wanted to be out there. I want parents to be aware of it. And this is not. We have, we have laws restricting, you know, children going into certain places of business, things like that, depending on what they're doing. You know, it, you know, as far as investigating and everything else, I mean, I, I, I drew that parallel to say, if you have a problem with one, you probably should have a problem with the other. If you're okay with one, you should be okay with the other, but they're not identical. No, but, just to have a simple law that states if you're going to have nude adults, you know, outside the, you know, whatever. If you're a nudist thing, you you got to have an 18 and older. Yeah. You know, like like a drinking age. Exactly. <laughs> How hard exactly. is that? Exactly. How hard is that? Um, a, a thought just came. Oh, and then that's the same. If you're against drag queens to perform in front of children, you should also be against this. That's absolutely un so that one, one of the counters people have is remember uh, Milton Burrow used to dress up like a woman okay. and you know some kids used to dress up like girls at Halloween and so people have produced uh, photos of kids around some adult or some man dressed up like a woman but it's not the same it's not the same you know if if that's all the drag was you know it's kind of, it's usually done to be funny, to say, look, this is stupid. This guy trying to look like a woman. <laughs> well, look, remember the Benny Hill show? Mm -hmm. Benny yeah. Hill always he dressed up as a woman and always have like an old lady as a, his comedy skit. Right. But, you know, it wasn't like this is okay and acceptable. It's just like this is, this is has done in the, in the comedy skit. And when, when we watch a Benny Hill show, it always happened after midnight. Mm -hmm. Well, after kids went to bed. Like when it was show in Hong Kong, it was always done after midnight. So it was not the type of show they would broadcast at eight o'clock 
at night when all the family gathering were having dinner. <laughs> Another counter I see is, and I saw a lot of these on that local brewery. Mm-hmm. They posted a picture of the Hooters girls posing with a couple of kids for pictures, saying, well, there you go, same thing. No, it's not the same uh-uh. thing. There's no, I mean, have you ever been to a Hooters? I have, sure. They dress scantily, but there's nothing sexually suggestive whatsoever. They're not gyrating, pole dancing, you know. They're just serving food with, you know, short shorts and tight T-shirts. Does they dress no different than the cheerleader. Yeah. I mean, and they'll say, well, not all drag is sexually explicit, you know, suggestive. But we've seen videos. I don't know where the, you know, the, how common it is, but you have seen videos where kids are putting dollars in, given, you know, in, in their clothes. And they're doing the spread legs and all the yep. things that they do in front of kids. So well, you can't there was say a, it doesn't happen. There was an 11-year-old drag queen. The parents was allowing him to pro- to to perform drag sh- in the drag shows with adults, having adults giving him money. I mean, I can't believe that's not child abuse, right? This kid yeah. is being groomed, raised to perform drag show at 11 years old. I mean, why is it that the FBI is not research that, investigating those parents, to me... <laughs> How did drag st- drag queen uh, how did drag queen story hour even become a thing? I don't like, know. What happened? I, I just started. can't imagine like okay, they're going to have read stories at a library and I look at it and go, "Oh, it's drag queens. I'm definitely taking my kid." Well, what is that? I don't understand. <laughs> I don't know either. Um you know, it's like no. Mickey Mouse, you know, the the kids Someone wearing like a Mickey Mouse costume reading a story. You know, I can see that. I mean, that appeals to kids. But what's with this? I never, I never understood how that even became a thing. Why don't we parents. have veterans star, story hours? Why don't we yeah. inviting people that fought in the Korean War, <laughs> men or women? Why don't we have those people, the grandparents, coming to do a story reading? Have old white uh, guy story hour. <laughs> <laughs> Old white guy story. Oh, no, that would be racist. No, that's your white privilege right there. (laughs) I just, I don't know. I mean, it almost seems to me that why would parents take, why is that a thing? Uh, You know, are they like, look at me. I'm taking my kids. Is that, is it, is that that kind of thing? I don't know. attention to the parents? I I mean, if they had a veteran story hour, I would absolutely go. And just to, to give you... A comparison, you know, when we're growing up, we did have Veteran Story Hour in China, mm-hmm. in schools. They do have people that's currently serving in the army or, um, you know, was wounded in the army. We do have those people come into school, talk about their experience with the war and how much they love their country. I mean, it's propaganda, but, you know, how they were treated afterwards. So this is happening since the communism days, right? They they prop up people in serving in armies. They they prop up people that's a policeman. Um, it just, I mean, no drag queen ever came in to the school and say, "Well, we're gonna perform," you know, in China. And it just, uh, it I think it with the trans kids thing with the 
um, you know, three months old onesies with this tuck in swimming suit. Another question I think I asked you before after what happened to Bud Light, right? So now, now Bud Light put themselves out there with Dylan Mulvaney. So the people that normally drink Bud Light, that demographic, it's all pissed off. They're cutting, we're not, no longer drinking Bud Light. I just, I have three, four patrons, a long-term Budweiser Bud Light drinker, all changed to Yingling, Icy Light, Coarse Light, and Miller Light. And then now they piss off the LGBTQ because there's three or four bars now. They, they're not even serving Bud Light because Bud Light backed out of the endorsement. So they're pissed off the straight people. They pissed off the gay LGBTQ community. Why after that, Target and Kohl's still made a decision and went forward with all these merchandising. What, you would think the people up top say, hold off, hold off, let's examine what we're gonna put on the shelves. Let's not make everybody mad because now if you put it out. They took it out of some stores and moved it in others, like to the back. <laughs> right, but so then now, now you're, you're, yeah, you're right. You you're angering both sides now, right? Now the only people I felt like the only demographic that actually buys into all this and support all this trans endorsement are the wealthier class. We talked about the rich white liberal women that have the money to spend on K-Spay, the KitchenAid. I think that's the one demographic they are, they're definitely should market to appeal to the top celebrity people. They're, or endorsing, but when you come down to everyday people like you and I, working mothers, working fathers, I don't think these are good demographics for them well, to market it to. I think I know what they're what's going on. What? And, and by the way, did you see the latest example? There's a bearded effeminate man who is the fairy godmother apprentice in Disney World or Disneyland, oh. one of the Disney parks. So there's a video of the man, you know, bearded, effeminate. Hi, I'm a, you know, I'm a fairy godmother apprentice. Come on in, you know, with little kids. So that's making the rounds today, that video. Inviting the kids into the store or, wh or whatever it was. So, yeah, you go, why would you do that? I, I believe what's happening is the uh, internal company focus on, well, the rise to power, if you will, of the chief diversity officer. So like quality at one time, you know, quality went in, in manufacturing and engineering in, in the States. Quality was sort of, we inspect things at the end. And then with Japanese influence, it became all about total quality processes. Mm -hmm. And then with ISO 9000, there was this mantra like total commitment to quality that the CEO, you know, the quality person has to report directly to the CDO. And we have to elevate them in their authority. And they have authority, quality over accounting and everything that the business does. Now, mo most all, in fact, of the quality managers I work with, exercise the level of humility with that. I mean, they realize it's not my job to tell accounting how to do accounting, but you know, there it, it created an environment where someone could be 
sort of arrogant. And now take that same idea and apply it to the chief diversity officer. So we have these companies that already had people in place that their job was diversity and equity and inclusion. And then the George Floyd thing happened in the summer of love. And, you know, it just elevated that stuff to the max. So I believe what you're seeing is, you know, the internal to the company, they've hired someone, they've given them this authority. And now if they push back on any of these things, oh, it's in the back in the day. Oh, you're not committed to quality. Do you want your customers to know that you don't care about quality? Same thing here. Oh, you must you can't push back against these people without internally creating problems. Now, their number one job, I believe, is internal culture and hiring practices and things like that. So if a man interviews and says, I want to be a fairy godmother, and he happens to have a beard and everything, because of the pressure and the internal commitment to diversity and thing, it's created a difficult position for Disney. Even if people in there go, I think this is a bad decision, they go ahead and do it because they don't want to stick their neck out, and then it hurts the company. And I think that might be how it's affected marketing, and you know that's what's going on. So even though these you, like you said, after what happened to Bud Light, you'd think they'd learn. I think they're each going to have to go through the, uh, the pain on their own before internally they feel comfortable pushing back on this diversity and equity and whatever else they call it. Well, Target just dropped $10 billion. And, mm-hmm. you know, that'll I'm, do it. <laughs> yeah. Well, Beard of Fairy Godmother is just as creepy as the uh, white thorn lodge to me mm-hmm. um you have this bearded man uh asking kids in to a store that just does not look good in any capacity um sorry that that's that's creepy yeah i think my son will punch him in the face you know well, so I, I think companies, these especially the larger companies, they they're caught between a rock and a hard place right now because they elevated after George Floyd elevated all this commitment to diversity and equity, and we're going to do all these things, and you know, and now they've they've given that power over to these people, and quite frankly, these people could be more militant than any quality person ever was. Well, it's going in the very wrong direction. Everything I've been discovering, just uh, the morality has just gone to shit. And I think it has a lot to do with the fact that we are getting farther and further away um, from tradition and core family values. Um, We're pulling people apart. I think in the next 10 to 15 years, there's going to be a ton of lawsuit when these kids grow up and understanding what happened to them. Um, that is going to, they, they're going to hit a big awakening. You're going to have a group of population going to come to a, a huge awakening and say, why would you do this to me mm-hmm. as a child? Why would you let me do this? Right? Another Another element of that Florida transgender law has taken those protections away. They've opened the door to say any of the anyone who was treated for this under the age of 18, at least it might apply to everyone, but definitely under 18. If later on they find they've been harmed, then they have legal recourse. They can go back and sue these people for pushing them, you know, whatever, recommending this care or providing this care. They also also, to be fair, 
the Florida law, if people are currently in that, so you have somebody who's 16 years old who's currently receiving hormones, whatever, that, there's an exception for them to continue. So they're not going to force people to undo things that have already started to happen. And there's plenty of exceptions in there for people with actual chromosomal damage or genetic issues and, you know, things like that, actual medical issues, you know, they're not prohibited from these care. It's just the psychological issue driving you to take medical intervention on your, your body. They've limited that. So under 18, you can't do that. Well, Kansas just passed a law and has uh, passed complete party line where the Republican, 26 and 9, Republican voted yes, 9, Democrat voted no. They made a definition, what is a woman? Um, it's the first state, I think, passed it. I, I will see a lot of state will follow. That, that law is saying a woman is a biological born female, and that prevents trans women entering women's space, that's including sports and bathrooms and, uh, you know, swimming pool, changing rooms, that type of thing. And I am applauding them for doing that because I'm not comfortable. If I'm in the swimming pool changing room, I'm not comfortable other women look at me, let alone an, a, a biological born male walking in. Um, that, that just, you know, to me, that just, they need to have their own bathrooms. Yeah. I mean, uh, and I think that you share an article, and I believe I share too, there was a young man died on the surgery table because he had all kinds of infection. He was go doing the male to female trans surgery, which is extremely brutal. I share a animated video of the surgery on our Facebook page just to show people what they're doing to your body is nothing short of mutilation. And they take your testicles out and split your penis like a banana and there's no way that this feels good no way and well, this boy died because he was taking puberty blocker his penis did not develop correctly and he wound up getting all kinds of infections wow yeah they're they're missing peace so he was under 18 and he had been treated with puberty blockers at such a young age that his penis didn't grow. It was so small when he, and this was in the UK and it was some years ago, but his penis was so small from the puberty blockers and the hormones that they couldn't create the fake vagina from, there wasn't enough flesh there, uh, tissue, sorry. There tissue. wasn't enough tissue, penis tissue to make one. So they took part of his colon and they literally made, you know, a, a vaginoplasty using colon tissue well guess what's in your colon <laughs> you know there's e coli and these bacteria and he ended up with an infection and died i mean that's so, just horrific so people say you can reverse if you decide to stop the puberty blocker this is a perfect story right this is it's we don't know no. nobody knows you need to let the kids grow up and decide what they want to do. I, I'm not sure if I share this. My own sister has gone through a period of time where she wanted to dress like a boy, act like a boy, about two to three years, right? 
We're like, sure, whatever. And then she grew out of it. Mm -hmm. Happily married. And have a son. Let people, let them grow out of it first. This is absolutely insane what the what parents yeah. are doing to their children to say my five and seven or eight year old my three months old baby they're they're non-binary i mean this is just absolutely insane and they're not providing um if there was a, a youtube video of this girl his parents her parents started him transitioning at three years old Okay. Mm -hmm. Why? Oh, they produce a video. Everybody watch it. The parents become, but this three child, years old. Three years old. I mean, I've I've had three kids and now four grandkids. The youngest being four. There's no three year old that you should be doing any sort of medical intervention on anything that they say. No, I mean, if a three-year-old watches a cartoon and comes away saying, "I'm a you know a three-year-old boy watches a cartoon and sees something like this," no surprise he comes away. You know what? I might be a girl. I think I'm a girl today. That means absolutely nothing. 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 I mean, that's anybody who argues science to say that that's justified. They they've lost all credibility in my mind. I don't care what their credentials are. You cannot tell me that a three-year-old is, is going to – like we just said, there's very little, if any, difference between a three-year-old boy and a girl. You know? I mean, obviously, they have their biological differences and things. But, you know, the way they think, the way they behave, they're very, very much the same. I have um, – so this, this is what my son went through when he was two, two and a half years old. He decided he wants to be the Hulk. I have a video of him – Took a green paint and painted his entire body with green paint. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's when he was two and a half. He wanted to be a hog. By the time he get to five years old, he said he wants to be Ninja Turtle. He truly believed he can be a Ninja Turtle. So when this little girl was dressing up as Elsa from, um, what is that cartoon? Elsa or Anna from this, um. Oh, the, uh, uh. Disney movie. Yeah, the cold thing. Yeah, uh, the cold thing. <laughs> and so this little girl, you know, we were getting ready for Halloween. This little girl said, oh, Brandon, would you be my prince? Mm -hmm. My son said, no, I want to be a Ninja Turtle. <laughs> so did I go and to a doctor and say, my son wants to be a Ninja Turtle. Let's go through the transformation. It's mm -hmm. as, as crazy as that, right? You know, most of the time, if you watch these videos of a kid saying things that are kind of adultish and you're like, wow, I'm just amazed that a kid could say something like that. Most of the time, they're repeating something they've already heard. From exactly. Another adult. They're not they're not formulating these ideas and these thoughts on their own. So when you have a, you know, four, five, six, even seven year old child who says like, I think I might be a girl. If they've been around that and people talking, they're just repeating what they heard. I mean, you know, so watch any of them. Watch any of them where a, a child says something adult-like. I guarantee you they heard it on TV, on on their tablets, or some other adult. And right. 
no one just no one really remembers them saying that. They're just emulating what they hear and see around them. I, it happens all the time. Well, it's we all, cute. It, you know, I record it, too, and I'm like, oh, look how cute this is. But I know that that kid's just repeating or taking pieces of things he heard and mixing them together. But those are not original ideas. They're not. <laughs> My son. You know, um, they don't come from within. They are not innate. They're coming yes. from without. They're coming from the outside. My son is really into South Park, and he's on Reddit reading all the memes. Mm-hmm. So every time he says something, and is I'm like, yeah, that's from a meme. That's from Reddit. That's from South Park. It's not your original. He tried to be funny. That's often time we said, well, he's 12 going on 35. But at the same time, he is also 12 being a five-year-old. Right. So, I mean, it, it just these, you know, the social media, these erratic behaviors and people desperate for attention. It is just getting out of hand. And Talk about people desperate for attention. Let's talk about Meghan Markle and, and Prince Harry. Okay. I don't know what's going on with them. I heard that about their fat, high-speed car chase through Manhattan. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that, – what – the thing is it made them all look stupid to say, hey, we have a high-speed car chase in the middle of Manhattan. You can't even get – get around Times Square. Have you seen Times Square? I think half of them is blocked. You can't move. Mm-hmm. So um, this is all desperately seeking for attention. I understand that they're talking about divorce. Harry spends a lot of time away from... Oh, are they? They're yeah. getting divorced. No, they're they're talking to divorce lawyers, supposedly. So would he go back to the royal family and get whatever... His honors or whatever his I bet you he are. will. And Megan's probably going to get a shitload of money. <laughs> but this is just, well, this reminds me the whole jo- Josie Smollett story, right? 2, 2 a.m. in the middle of Chicago, you have uh, people walking around with mega head. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You're in MAGA fra- country and they put a noose around them or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Completely fabricated. These are celebrity. These are. Celebrity privileges. As soon as I heard that story, as soon as I heard that, I'm like, this is just, this is so corny and stupid. There's no way that it's real. And it just blew me away how many in the media ran with it. Like, oh, this is shocking. That's how strong bias is in people. They're just so convinced that this cartoonish version of a right winger is just all over the United States. They're just so quick to believe that. I looked I'm like, come on. Why for no one would say that. There's no tough guy right wing person who would say you're in MAGA country and put a noose around his neck. In the What's middle the of point? Chicago at two o'clock in the morning <laughs> yeah, when there's on the way from subway. <laughs> yeah. When there's a winter storm out there. Um so I think maybe this is why when Meghan Markle and Harry talked about this high-speed chase thing, everybody kind of took a back seat and said, wait a second, you're in the middle of New York City. How? What's a high speed, like five miles an hour? I mean, what, what is your speed? <laughs> well, apparently now, it lasted hours or an hour and a half. Like it was Well, a apparently what happened, and this is what I understand, and the mayor of New York even came out and said, there's no way you can have a high-speed chase. Right. So, Essentially, what the story was, they changed multiple vehicles because they don't want anybody to know where they're 
where they're staying or where okay. they live in New York City. So they change multiple vehicles that really have nothing to do with a high-speed chase. Of course, there's photographer following them, taking pictures. And Harry demanded those pictures back um, from the photographer. Well, the photographer's lawyer wrote a scathing letter. And now, I, I'm not going to read it word by word, but essentially what it's saying is, look, uh, we fought that war. You know, you're not royalty here. These are my pictures. The property belong to me. You cannot ask for those pictures. But we fought. We had that freedom fight. Okay. Back in 1776. Sounds like a good uh, argument. <laughs> it's a great argument. I thought it was fantastic. I think those two just gonna diminish, disappear. Um, the more they're trying to get attention, the less attention they're gonna get. People are gonna just wipe them away. I think that Meghan Markle really lost the opportunity to represent um, and just be a good royal, be a good wife, but that's not her thing. She wants to be the celebrity, She, but then she doesn't want to do the job, right? Mm -hmm. It's very, it reflects the generation that's at, I don't want to do the work, I just want to enjoy the privilege. Well, that's not how the royal family is. You know, if you look at the coronation, uh, Prince Charles they and Prince Williams, what do they say? This is about surface. We're here to surface you, our people. This is all about surface. They're living a privileged life. There is a unspoken contract between the British people and the royalty. We give you this wonderful life. In return, you must surface the people. They attend 200-some events a year, each royal, to help different foundations, to help different causes. This is what the royal family is. In order to keep this royal family going, they must surface their people. Mm -hmm. Meghan Markle doesn't want to do that. She wants to enjoy her celebritism. She wants to have the money, the power. But it's like, you know, don't ask me to work. Yeah, I mean, that whole incident to me reeked of they're just opportunists because yes. if they really respected the royal family which they should they should be at least harry they should have said you know what it's just not the lifestyle we want to live we understand that there's things that you know the the what do you call the pageantry and the tradition and it's just not way the way we want to live and it's not where we want to raise our family so we're we're leaving that why couldn't they just say that? Because it wouldn't have got nearly the attention of calling them racist. I mean, that, oh, yeah. the, the, the queen and the royal family are racist. They said about our brown baby. Boom. I mean, that's guaranteed celebrity, big money generating right. stuff right there for yep. sure. Absolutely. They're just opportunists. They are. And I think that's going to be going away pretty soon. Um, just you know, people, people write these scathing reviews of restaurants and they think they're being persuasive or someone who leaves another company just is scathingly critical. And But most of the time you look at that review and you listen to this person and you say they're just over the top. I mean, this is just they lose all credibility. You say, you know what? The problem is them, not the restaurant, not necessarily the employer. And, you know, somehow a lot of people seem to miss that. Well, I, that's funny you mentioned that because I just saw this and I posted on, um, you know, the, 
my husband's uh, restaurant's page. Here's why. We have gotten some really bad reviews and from banned customers and fired employees. I fired an employee a few years ago. All of a sudden, I get a really bad review on my flower shop uh, Facebook from the employee I fired because she's lazy. She doesn't do anything. <laughs> she had her and her boyfriend wrote a bad review on the flower shop who, you know, and then I had another old lady, her name is Mary, and she posts this terrible review on Google. She's like, I've been a customer for years and they chased me out. Well, no, she hasn't. She only been to the hula for three months. She comes into sing karaoke. When she comes in, she brings a bag of potato chips. She's not spending any money and she's a terrible singer. So, <laughs> and she so she's not buying anything and she's a terrible singer. She chases people out. So she buys a cocoa. She spent $2. She buys a bag of chips. And then one time she brought a whole bag of chips pass around the bar. I'm like, wait a second. You think your friend who's DJing right now, he's getting paid from me. But you're preventing people from spending money at the bar. So I don't... So I said, you know what? You can know. And then the minute she starts singing, people leaves. Because really? that's how horrible it's she that is. bad. It was horrible. So <laughs> I told her, don't come in anymore. Right? And then she wrote a terrible review on Google with complete lies. But this is great. Because so, Jerry, if I came to your bar restaurant with a cooler full of drinks and I set up a grill outside and I made some burgers and brought them inside, you'd have a problem with that? I yes, I do have a problem drink. with that. You don't want me to bring my own food and drink to a bar no. restaurant? No, <laughs> I had okay. another. I had another guy I had to kick him out. He sit at my bar. The kitchen's open. He get a Uber driver delivering him food and brought in the bar. And I said, "You're not eating that here." That's absolutely infuriating. But this is what this woman says. He says, "Come in and try." The worst coffee one woman on TripAdvisor had in her life. I just absolutely love this. I'm going to send this to you. All right. People don't run a business. They don't understand how hard a business owner have to work and, you know, have to weather the storms and the ups and downs of the business. They have nothing into it. This is why they can write these reviews. I go to a restaurant when I have a bad experience at the restaurant. I don't write a review to say, oh, my God, a bad experience. I go to the owner of the restaurant and say, hey, this particular surfer, blah, blah, blah. This, you know, because I am a business owner, so I want the business owner to know how they can better improve. I'm not going to go on social media bat-mouthing that business, regardless how bad my experience. Because right. somebody could have had a bad day. All kinds of stuff can happen. So for people to go in there to be so vindictive because, and I think that's absolutely unacceptable. So, but I'm going to send you this picture. I just loved it when, when this is happening. But before we wrap up, Bob, I just want to point something out. And that goes back to what we discussed last week about the uniting the Republicans, right? I heard the Ron DeSantis speech. And how he come back to Trump with all the attack he got from Trump. He is so articulate and forward thinking. And and he addresses, he moves on, and he focuses on Biden. Mm -hmm. Versus Trump is name calling and still talk about 2020 election. 
I felt like there's no comparison here. I think the um, the Republican would not do themselves any favor if they still vote Trump in the primary because that's a guaranteed lose for 2024. I mean, I, I could go either way. Um, you know, when, when Trump did that town hall, I loved it. I mean, my first attraction to Trump was defiance of the media. You know, mm -hmm. no back down. And that's what he did at that town hall. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, I like I, I don't I, I don't get too emotionally invested in the primary. I think that's problematic and, and divisive. So, you know, I don't know which one I would vote for if the primary because the primary is so far off. So far off. I'm just going to pay attention. But I do not take everything Trump says literally. I mean, I think that's a big problem for anyone. Um, and I, I could do a whole half hour on that, but, you know, understand Trump, get to know Trump, but don't take him literally. So any politician, you can't really take them literally, especially Trump. <laughs> so, you know, I'm glad to see DeSantis now that he's gotten, you know, officially announced that now he's starting to respond to some of the stuff. But, mm -hmm. you know, some of the things just like... They attack on him for the 23% national sales tax. Well, it's not clear from that commercial what he was saying was abolish income tax and only have a sales tax. Now, you know, I don't know if that's a good idea or not. I don't know if that's preferred or not. But, you know, it, it's unfair to say that it's like an additional tax on everybody. It's just crazy. And, you know, I mean, lots of people have talked about... Um, you know, Social Security. I think you got to leave Social Security alone. I mean, that, and use that as an example of why you have to be careful about starting these entitlement programs. But uh, the, the truth of the matter is, I mean, it, when you have too many people taking too much money out and not enough people putting money in, where's the money going to come from to fund Social Security? Wait, Social Security is not an entitlement program. Social Security, if you pay into it, you should be and you should be able to I agree. get your money back. But people that doesn't pay into Social Security, they, they're the one, if they're getting money from your years and years of putting your, that, that, that's entitlement. But I have a problem saying Social Security entitlement when you're collecting it. You put into it for how many years? Well, should, I, I, I appreciate that. In fact, I'm against any means testing on Social Security for that very reason. As yeah. soon as you assign means testing to, unless you set the bar like super, super high, and those people, most of them aren't collecting it anyway. No. But, you know, I mean, you're right, because it was sold as like a retirement thing. You pay exactly. into it, you know, but I mean, the company, the country, the, at one point, they just lumped the money in with the general fund. There's, there's not a lot of set aside. The, the money that comes in for Social Security doesn't get earmarked necessarily for Social Security. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, it's like any, any other retirement program. It's not guaranteed. I mean, look at the school taxes that we pay. Look at the school budget and how much of that budget is to pay teachers retirement, teachers that are on retirement. We're paying that with our tax dollars. Right. And it's probably uh, it's a huge chunk of the school budget it, and the same with the federal government it's has but there are ssi and things like that within social security that are entitlements right but you so but you still had to pay something in i think to get ssi i don't know why your social security should not be an escort account 
right? I believe if I'm working, I'm paying into social, I think more people will be encouraged to work if they are, they know their social security in the escrow account, just like your 401k, you should get a statement right? once a year, once a month, once a year is fine to say, here's what you paid into this year. Here's where your social security is at. If you retire this age, continue to pay this much, this is what you will get. I think if people know they're guaranteed to get that retirement they put in, you would encourage more people to go out and get a job. Now, if you're getting SSI, if you even if you don't work, some people are getting SSI because they're alcoholic. Right. That's considered a disability now. Or drug addicts, yeah. Or drug addict. And I, I don't understand why there's even such a thing as SSI. I mean, Social Security should just be for Social Security. I, I, exactly. I mean, I've never so, looked into it, but off the top of my head, I don't know why it exists. If you say to someone, say, okay, I'm paying into Social Security, out of my Social Security, 10% goes to a program that help the needy. At mm -hmm. least we know, right? Yeah. At least you know okay, I'll take 10% of the 6.2 I put in and the 6.2 my company match. Out of that, 10% would be in a separate account that helps the needy. Mm -hmm. Fine. And then the Republican just added the work requirement to get food stamp. I applaud that. What if you're able-bodied Americans? Why should you get food stamp? Go get a job. I hate it when I see people with a begging sign on bridges. You look at them, you're like, you're 20 years old, you're 30, 40 years old. You're perfectly able to go out, get a construction job, get a landscaping job. They're paying a lot of money to do those jobs now. Yeah, I mean, there's a huge worker shortage, so it is a little difficult to take those people yeah. seriously anymore. Oh, I, I'm out of work. Well, How? How are you out of work? Yeah. Everybody is hiring. So, no, I don't have, a, I have a problem to the seniors that's paying into the Social Security. I have a big problem for them to say, oh, they're entitled, it's entitled program for those people. No, they I take it back. It. <laughs> I agree with you. I never should have said it. I take yeah. it back. <laughs> it's their money. They should take their money. But I am all for setting that aside. As an escort account, right. have so many percentage out. That's what I would do. There is a there is a problem though, and that is there's more too many people. You know the whole wagon analogy. You know, like socialism. At some point, you have too many people in the wagon and not enough to pull it. And that's kind of where Social Security is. People are living longer. Boomers are aged out. I'm at the end of the boomer generation, and so it's the largest generation ever. And they're living longer because of medical science advancements and things and health. People are living healthier lives, so uh, despite the obesity. Um, anyway, there's just more people drawing out of Social Security and not enough people paying into it. And why is so that? Because we discourage people have children, right? Wow, there you go. We're pushing abortion. <laughs> we discourage people have kids. So you don't have enough labor in the market. You don't have enough people working to pull the wagon, right. to pull the wagon, that is because our culture is discouraging people having more children, having a big family. They yep. destroy the family. I see that changing, though. I mean, I, my daughter has four. I see a lot more families with four and five. And I, I have to tell you, when I see a mother out with 
you know, a handful of kids like that, I, I applaud it. Because for the longest time, their parents weren't having kids or they were sticking with one or two. And for the younger parents now to, to go all in like they are with four and five kids, I have to applaud it. <laughs> well, you hope out of the four and five kids, everyone, not people go on puberty blocker because, you know, they're not reproducing. So, oh, yeah, I mean, well, you know, even that that's still a small number. But, yeah, I get I get it. I get yeah. it. So. All right. Well, we got to go. I think once again, this is um, we're talking about issues that's close to home and it's really everyday issue. I, I believe everybody should be, you know, should think about it. All right. Thanks, Sherry. Have a good one.